Kraken Financial is officially the first crypto company to gain a charter in the state of Wyoming as a SPDI or Special Purpose Depository Institution under Wyoming Division of Banking Regulation as of Wednesday, September 16th. This marks a huge change for the cryptocurrency market and is poised to push cryptocurrency into the forefront of America's financial system. What does this mean for you? What does it mean for us as consumers? We'll get into that today. Welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson, where we talk about money, business, and life. Let's get into episode 17, Cracking Financial and the Potential Dawn of a New Era in Banking. Welcome to the show. I thought I'd revisit uh, Bitcoin briefly uh, as some new changes have occurred over the last month, most notably uh, Kraken Financial, uh, which is a part of Kraken. If you don't know what Kraken is, Kraken is uh, most notably known for their exchange where you can buy and purchase and um, sell cryptocurrencies. Uh, but they have also created a bank as a part of their crypto uh, company called Kraken Financial, which for the first time ever in the history of the world, uh, a crypto company officially has received a charter uh, from the state of Wyoming uh, as a SPDI uh, to operate as a bank uh, in this country, which is pretty significant. Uh, I believe as of right now, they actually haven't opened where they're taking deposits. I believe they're, they're still getting things up and running and hiring folks. But um, we're going to definitely talk about the SPDI uh, and why it's such a, a big deal. I did a episode on uh, traditional banking and fractional reserve banking, which will uh, help you shed some light why this is a, a big thing. Uh, but to initially start with some other news uh, that came out around some cryptocurrencies uh, and some companies that decided to buy in, I talked on another episode about uh, MicroStrategy. They actually made a second purchase of Bitcoin, bringing their holdings to $425 million worth. Uh, and then a second company, uh, Square, if you guys know what Square Inc., they're the payment system. I'm sure you've probably used them in a number of uh, places where you've done transactions uh, at businesses. They use the, the Square product lineup. Uh, but they also uh, allow you to buy Bitcoin. I'm not sure if you know that or not on there uh, through their company, but they also uh, have made a purchase of Bitcoin uh, worth $50 million. Uh, so you now have a second company who has bought into cryptocurrency um, in very large amounts. Uh, and there is a belief in the crypto uh, world that the uh, signals are all pointing towards a eventual adoption uh, of cryptocurrencies. Uh, the guess that what remains to be seen is what ultimately comes uh, what becomes of that and what cryptocurrency dominates uh, that market as of right now, Bitcoin has a pretty strong lead. Uh, but you've also heard uh, me discuss about other news, as you all know. Uh, and if you don't know, China is trying to create uh, their own digital currency. They're actually much further out of head uh, than ourselves here in America uh, with embracing that technology and learning how to adapt it uh, to uh, have more of a centralized based cryptocurrency, but we won't get into all that. I'll save another episode uh, in the wars of decentralized versus centralized. Uh, we'll definitely do an episode on DeFi, which is a big part of the crypto market these days. Uh, but back to Kraken uh, Financial and the 
um, the SPDI or charter that they've received from Wyoming. As I mentioned in the intro, SPDI stands for Special Purpose Depository Institution. And essentially what a SPDI is, uh, it's not a typical bank as you, you and I know of as today, um, but does allow a institution to receive deposits and participate in traditional banking activities uh, like fiduci fiduciary asset management, uh, debit cards, uh, in this case, particularly backed by crypto. Um, Kraken Financial will actually allow people uh, to be able to pay bills in cryptocurrency it would also allow people to pay uh, to receive their pay uh, in cryptocurrency if they choose to uh, staking which we'll talk about uh, later as well um, which is a, a very a very big deal uh, one of the um, big opportunities for cryptocurrency as it's trying to move into the mainstream uh, is all of the um, not issues, but all of the opportunities that exist out there to connect it to the uh, mainstream market. And what I mean by that is, for example, allowing people to um, pay their bills in cryptocurrency instead of paying in U.S. dollars or, or fiat currency. You could use Bitcoin or Ethereum or uh, any of the other cryptocurrencies out there. You could use some of these stable coins like Tether instead to pay your rent, for example, uh, or to receive your pay. Uh, in cryptocurrency, it's a big part of uh, normalizing the technology and allowing people more access to it and becoming a bigger part uh, of normal day life. Uh, debit cards are a big push right now in the crypto space uh, because it's at the end of the day, if you want mass adoption, you have to make it as easy as it is to use fiat currencies to pay uh, as it is to use cryptocurrencies. And that's kind of the path where uh, we appear to be on. Uh, without any large reg regulation that uh, that decides to um, try to impede that that growth, but so far, uh, so good. The current administration actually um, has been um, slowing down the growth of cryptocurrency, so there may be a boom uh, if the administration changes with the election. It's also another uh, topic for another day. So let's talk about the SPDI uh, charter that Kraken Financial will be operating under in the state of Wyoming, uh, which just happened about a month ago. Um, essentially, they do not participate in or conduct fractional reserve banking. Uh, I did a episode on fractional reserve banking uh, a few episodes ago, uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, kind of lay out what fractional reserve banking is uh, and why you should why you should be informed about it. Um, but a, a bigger point to, to know and a, a quick example of what fractional reserve banking is, uh, current traditional banks or legacy banks, as they're now starting to be called, um, when depositors deposit their money or say you deposit a hundred dollars into uh, your, your current legacy bank, uh, your money is pooled with all the other depositors. Uh, the bank takes your hundred dollars and up until March, they can only lend out $90, but now they can lend out pretty much all $100 uh, into whatever investment that they, they deem fit to make a profit. Uh, so they can take your $100, they can lend it to uh, someone who's looking for an auto loan, they charge interest on it. Uh, someone who's looking for a home loan, they charge interest on it. Um, they could put it in a real estate deal uh, being run by a number of people. They can pretty much invest it however, however they like. Under the SPDI, 
uh, they will be on a, they will not be allowed to to do so. They they pretty much will Kraken Financial ultimately uh, they will have to have a hundred percent of their assets uh, on hand. Uh, so that which means they if if you put a hundred dollars into Kraken uh, Financial, they cannot lend out a hundred dollars uh, of your money uh, elsewhere. Uh, to to make a profit, so that's a, a pretty a pretty big deal. Uh, it pretty much removes the insolvency risk uh, that you currently have uh, with banks. We haven't had a run on a bank in shoot decades. Um, but in addition uh, to the SPDI, it also uh, brings in the uh, concept of bailments, actually from property law. Uh, which pretty much allows for digital assets such as Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, or DOT, for example, uh, to be deposited into the institution. Uh, and the big key here is the relationship between the depositors uh, and the banking institution. Uh, it's pretty much codified and laid out by law. Uh, this means, unlike current traditional institutions, those assets like U.S. dollars, uh, aren't pulled uh, and lent out without customer knowledge as to the risks uh, of the investments being made by the bank um, using the pooled amount of U.S. dollars they receive from depositors. Um, so this is actually really key. I actually had a, a really cool uh, conversation discussing actually black banks uh, and why they failed and there are a number of reasons why they failed. Um, but I believe we were actually talking about the Freeman's bank and ultimately, uh, what you kind of find out what happens is, is there's a gentleman who's on the board of the bank who also has a, I believe he had a business relationship or maybe even owned a mine, uh, which he decided to take all of the money in that bank. Uh, in this particular case, this bank uh, was quote-unquote deemed a black bank uh, because of the depositors, I, I believe, I guess, were mostly uh, African-American. Um, and they decided to invest that all of the depositors' money as in, with fractional reserve banking. The bank is then allowed to invest this money into other um, other business dealings or assets uh, that they are trying to, you know, profit off of. Uh, and ultimately what happens is, is the the guy invests in this mining company, the mining company uh, pretty much fails and everyone who had their money in the bank uh, loses all of their money. Um, I'm sure if you ask anyone who had as a depositor who asked, uh, had any questions about, well, hey, why did we lose our money? Uh, the bank doesn't have any a duty to to doesn't uh, have any duty to tell you what they're investing uh, your pooled funds uh, into uh, as a banking institution. All you are is a depositor, and you receive uh, a um, a uh, interest or payment on your on your money for what you've what you've invested in. If that makes sense. So the SPDI uh, pretty much shuts all of that down. That that can no longer. Uh, be allowed to happen uh, because the bank is uh, required to keep this money uh, on hand uh, so they can't uh, lend any portion of the of the money out uh, which is, brings it to bigger questions I, I, a big question I would ask is well how did the how does the bank bank money which is uh, we'll get into that uh, hopefully uh, later uh, but back to back to cracking fi financial um, after I kind of 
describe what what it means to uh, have to have 100% of your uh, assets on hand uh, versus participating in fractional reserve banking. Uh, this is a pretty big deal. It will give you, as a consumer, the option now. Uh, if you're not comfortable with the bank lending out your money on, you know, really not on your, on your behalf uh, or risking that money in different investments that are out there, now you will have an option to put your money in a bank uh, that that risk does not exist, uh, which is a, a really big deal uh, up until now. Uh, this is the first time a digital asset company will have access uh, to a banking license uh, and the federal payment system. Uh, so as I mentioned before, a big, uh, a big part on the horizon for cryptocurrencies is mass adoption, uh, which the path it looks like that we're on is mass adoption, uh, getting closer and closer uh, to reality. Uh, Kraken's aim is simply to promote uh, the adoption of digital assets to uh, enable more individual financial freedom in the world. So believe it or not, but 1.7 billion adults in the world do not have access to a bank account, which is pretty astonishing, especially if you live in America because you feel like it's a, a common occurrence. Uh, so cryptocurrencies all across the world actually have different value and different use cases based on the societies and financial systems they exist in. Uh, but under the current system, um, you know, crypto still has a long way to go. A lot of people in this space still say it's very early. Uh, if you own crypto, you're what we know as an, an early adopter. Um, but the overall um, opportunity that crypto allows is is in it can it can increase the amount of people uh, that can and will that you know that can participate in the economy. Uh, a digital asset company by nature is a step uh, on that path to mass adoption. I think we'll definitely see much more uh, down the pipeline. There are still some big hurdles for Kraken Financial to uh, jump over. I actually believe they still need a um, a uh, a green light from the Fed, uh, which I believe they're working on on right now. Uh, they also plan to launch uh, Q1 of 2021. So I'll definitely uh, do a, an update when that time comes uh, once we get into the new year. Uh, but ultimately, you know, what what does this all mean? Um, is this a dawn of a, a new era in banking? Uh, is crypto is is crypto on the on the road to being uh, massively massively adopted uh, by the mainstream? Um, there are a few takeaways I have. Just first, you know, if and I mentioned this before, if you listen to episode fourteen, banks and your money, uh, kind of break down how fractional reserve banking works. Uh, again, the SPDI makes it a requirement for Kraken Financial to keep 100% of its reserves. Uh, there will be, by Q1 in 2021, a bank that will compete with the likes of uh, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citi, etc. Uh, and they will be able to assure customers of the ownership of their assets uh, at their initial deposit. These banking customers also will have the confidence their money isn't being pulled with other depositors uh, and put into risky investments. And, oh, by the way, we made a significant profit on that investment. But here's your 0.015 percent uh, interest for letting us use your money uh, that you put in the savings account 
or oh sorry we lost all the money in the investment we have to close the bank and no we don't have any of your money um <laughs> those are our two realities uh that definitely exist and oh oh if we lost all the money and we're, we have to close the bank and no one gets their money let's go look to make sure the government can quote unquote bail us out and make us solvent again so we can keep the economy going and we can you know we can still give you quote unquote your money back even though technically we lost it uh via and the way that we do that is we print money to keep banks solvent uh which goes back into the whole issue of inflation uh that exists uh, with the printing of money um which is a whole nother another uh discussion uh, the second big point of why it's a big deal, Kraken Financial has received this SPDI uh, charter from the state of Wyoming, is that the federal and state banking agencies will need to prep for the fact that cryptocurrencies are poised to become a significant part uh, of our financial system. Uh, more crypto banks will emerge, I'm sure, and push for more large traditional banks to ad adopt cryptocurrencies to compete uh, if demand continues to grow. Uh, a big uh, a big point of this is this past summer of this year, so I believe around July, the OCC or the comptroller of the currency uh, actually released a letter um, pretty much outlining how U.S. banks can interact with crypto assets going forward, uh, which is a, another big deal and another step towards mass adoption. So that means... As I mentioned before, you know, Kraken can compete with Bank of America and uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, pretty much the comptroller of the currency announced this summer and kind of outlined uh, that those banks could interact with crypto assets going forward. Um, really starting to, you know, lay the foundation of what's to come. Uh, is one regulation uh, over the crypto markets, which has a lot of people on edge because we don't know what that uh, that will look like um, as the government starts to make these rules. Uh, but two, your bank that you currently use, your legacy bank, your traditional bank, could very soon in the future um, make crypto assets a part of uh, their strategy to grow. You might start seeing uh, there. There's a potential that Bitcoin or a Polkadot or Ethereum um, shows up in a package or a packet, you know, a promotional packet or a marketing product uh, from Bank of America or, or J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, maybe not to, not tomorrow, uh, as there's a lot of uncertainty in the space and how banks can move forward with crypto assets. Uh, and looking for a lot of regulation to be set fit. But uh, this letter from the comptroller's uh, comptroller of the currency is a big, huge step towards that. Uh, and again, it's about uh, mass adoption. Um, the mainstream will see crypto in a new light if, if the way things are uh, starting to look become a reality, you know, a year, two, three, four, or five years down the road. Uh, because then it definitely just becomes a part of our, our mainstream uh, and everyday part of life. Uh, the third big thing I would say you could take away is really the big step towards uh, growth for cryptocurrencies and adoption uh, by the mainstream. Kraken um, Financial, for example, won't just deal in crypto, but will operate in fiat currencies. 
uh, or traditional segments as well, uh, you will still be able to have a bank account uh, utilizing fiat currencies as a part of this bank. It won't be uh, specifically focused uh, on crypto, for example. Um, but currently, crypto isn't anywhere near as mainstream or easy to use in, in everyday life. Uh, most vendors uh, don't accept it as a form of payment. Uh, people aren't paid in crypto. As I mentioned before, this is kind of the first steps towards that. Uh, debit cards are not backed with crypto. Uh, it's all these things that are being worked on to integrate crypto uh, to be used in the same way that we use U.S. dollars today, uh, but with large hurdles. Uh, remaining. Uh, so if crypto is something that you're thinking about investing in, it's a very uh, risky uh, investment. <laughs> um, but uh, it's when you get in early that you're able to see the the most return on, on your investment, uh, if that's something that you're, you're doing or considering. Uh, but this is one of the large hurdles uh, that remain as we that remains to be leaped is is just regulation. Um, and mainstream adoption of uh, the ease of use for cryptocurrencies um, being integrated in, in the mainstream of our, our society. Um, but also, uh, I believe, I think cr customers at Kraken Financial uh, who banks there uh, using fiat, we will be able to seamlessly, you know, learn about and invest in crypto uh, through their banking institution. So say if you just have a regular account uh, at Kraken Financial, uh, you will probably be once they you will probably be able to contact someone at that bank uh, to talk to crypto about uh, if if that's something you're you're interested in. Currently, um, it there's no uh, you don't you aren't learning. Currently, you aren't able to learn about cryptocurrencies from your banker, um, which would be a huge change in you know everyday uh, discussions and uh, confidence in talking about this if you could go to your 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 personal banker if you bank with that bank whether it's Kraken financial or bank of america jp morgan and say hey what's this crypto thing and your banker can uh, intelligently and eloquently eloquently describe uh, what it is how you can invest and that you can do that all through your bank uh, where it's currently right now um you pretty much can are kind of out there. You're, you're putting out more risk. You can buy it on an exchange, uh, transfer it to a, a wallet, um, maybe a hot wallet or a, a or a secure wallet. And I, I can do a whole episode on on wallets. Um, but currently, that's kind of the space that exists in. Uh, the the final thing, actually, I would I won't even say final thing. The thing I would add to that is is for the people that are already in the crypto space. Um, it, I won't say it's counterintuitive to the idea of crypto, but ultimately uh, crypto wants to deliver uh, freedom uh, financially. And uh, if you've been in the space, um, you will kind of get the idea that people want to have, uh, or not even the idea to have, there's the idea that you can become your own back that you don't even need to rely on a cracking uh, financial that that is the the real dream uh, of crypto um, because you could store all of your um, your all of your currency on a on your own wallet it doesn't have to be in the hands of another uh, institution as we have currently all become accustomed to and I would say to that is overall the best thing that can happen uh, for the crypto spaces is, is mass adoption, which I think most people would 
agree and bringing more people into uh, the space and making it reality can can pay off big uh, for investors uh, down the road, which, you know, kind of brings me to my last uh, or the fourth takeaway from the, the Kraken Financial um, banking charter that they've received is that crypto investors stand to win ginormously. Uh, with the mainstream adoption of, of cryptocurrencies at the moment, you know, crypto is just a speculative asset, uh, at least specifically for us here in America. I do know I've I don't know if I've shared stories on the podcast or not, uh, but there are stories about people in Nigeria actually starting to use um, Bitcoin to do transactions uh, because there are other countries are facing much more um, worrisome signs of inflation uh, America, 2% inflation isn't, you know, isn't super worrisome. You have countries who have 40% uh, inflation uh, on their money. Uh, so people in other countries are, are definitely going to be, there are going to be other countries who have much uh, faster use cases of cryptocurrencies uh, because their money is, the buying power is shifting in much larger ways than, than how we are in the U.S., um, but back to the initial point, just as a speculative asset, it's, it's pretty much used as a speculative asset um, at the moment uh, down the road. And I would say that the key mission and dream of crypto is really to supplant legacy fiat currencies uh, as the way we really purchase goods and services and interact in commerce. Uh, ultimately, it was created to. Uh, conduct commerce for us to in, engage in commerce uh, between one another. Right now, it's more of a a speculative asset, but ultimately, you know, people want to be able to buy things. This is how we uh, interact with one another uh, with commerce by using digital currency, not just as a store, using it as a store of value, but also, you know, to use it to pay for things, uh, just like we use fiat currencies uh, today. And ultimately, you know, the big win is when the masses really adopt um, crypto and it takes place. Uh, trillions of dollars will, you know, flow from one system into the other. So what do I mean by by trillions of dollars? Um, one of the uh, big things people note about crypto is how early it is uh, for the technology. Uh, people reckon it and, and compare it to uh, the dawn of the internet and if you really think about the internet the internet starting in the you know the i guess the mid 1990s or early 1990s and you think about where we are today um no one really envisioned i don't know if anyone could have really have envisioned you know the the big titan companies uh such as amazon and google uh and facebook uh and netflix um existing today and all of that runs via the internet this this um revolutionary technology that allowed to allow billions of people to connect more and so many applications uh being created uh, over the internet and how much that's changed um our daily lives and that's uh the one of the big big uh comparisons for um, crypto is that it's so early it's hard to even imagine what it will be and what it will look like you know 10 15 um, 20 years from now um, because it, a lot of people believe it's so early uh, it's hard to even fathom just like it was with the internet it's hard to even fathom um, the 
applications in the companies that exist today back in in 1993 and there's still so so much more so many more uh, applications to be created over the internet uh, with digital currency being one of those so you might ask like well why why is there such a huge uh potential for profitability uh, a lot a lot of people in the crypto space believe that it's we're only getting started uh, the reason why it's so risky because it, it can be a Oh, it, it, there will eventually be a decision uh, for the world to make on, you know, how do we proceed? Do we uh, want to transition our pretty much our total financial system over to cryptocurrency from that of fiat currencies? Uh, and that's where it goes to market cap and people who are uh, invested in it. The current market cap for Bitcoin, or I won't even say the current, uh, the most recent that I that I that I looked up was 175 billion. Uh, the entire crypto market is around 268 billion, and that's pretty huge. <laughs> Initially, just looking at those numbers, that's how much money have put in uh, into the crypto market or Bitcoin, for example, and how much belief is already out there. And the feeling is is these are all still really early adopters. Uh, in comparison. Uh, Facebook is worth 677 billion. Uh, Amazon is worth 1.3 trillion dollars, uh, and Apple is worth 1.5 trillion dollars, uh, which is pretty um, pretty unbelievable to to realize because we're talking uh, a potential currency um, where everyone does their transaction with transactions with uh, in comparison to companies' um, personal you know net worth. And then if we actually look at the real com the, what we consider the competition uh, for cryptocurrencies, those being um, pretty like gold and fiat currencies and what those market caps look like, uh, then you start to really go, oh, OK, if, if if they were ever to become the size of uh, these kind of assets, then we're talking you're a super early adopter. Because as we as we just look at the math, for example, in Bitcoin, I think it actually just popped back up to eleven thousand two hundred, I believe today. Um, just as an example, even if Bitcoin was two hundred and eighty eight thousand per coin, uh, which is significantly higher than where it is right now, um, its market cap would still only be six trillion or up from the you know hundred and seventy five billion uh, that I just mentioned before. The the market cap for gold is nine trillion dollars. Uh, the U.S. stock market is thirty seven trillion dollars, has a thirty seven trillion dollar market cap. A uh, U.S. residential real estate has a thirty three trillion dollar uh, market cap. And that's why over the long term, um, people who believe in the technology and believe in cryptocurrencies uh, if it, you know, if there's a transition in or a shift to uh, that, you know, cryptocurrencies being the foundation of a financial system opposed to fiat currencies, you're <laughs> the the type of growth you're talking about is significant. Um, but it has to happen, right? As I mentioned, there are hurdles uh, before that um, that need to be cleared uh, as as if people see that something that's uh, legitimate and adoptable and can be um, can become 
mainstream and used every day, then for sure. Uh, if you bought it today or if you bought it five years ago, you stand a grain to gain a lot in the future. Um, but inherently comes the risk, right? Uh, with any investment um, overall. So great episode. I enjoyed uh, today's episode. It's going to be a shorter episode than normal. Um, definitely wanted to discuss cracking financial and really the opportunity for maybe a, the potential of a dawn of a new era uh, in banking. Consumers will have the opportunity uh, to not have to be uh, engaged in fractional reserve banking, uh, which is pretty much what all of our banks uh, currently do. There is a push uh, to change the system. Uh, and a lot of that is driven by the current printing of money um, by the U.S. government. I believe I actually saw a tweet that over 22 percent, that 22% of the money uh, in our that has ever existed in America over the last hundred years was printed uh, this year, um, <laughs> which is pretty crazy to really think about uh, the uh, the the risk of inflation uh, is there and has already been seen. Uh, there are a number of um, articles, not just articles, but uh, documentaries. There's a number of uh, intellectual readings that you can read about the uh, debasement of the U.S. dollar uh, and how that's affected our economy and people uh, over time. There, there used to be a time where it was, for example, where it was normal for a family to have one uh, income um, and one, one parent could stay at home um, and still be able to, you know, live a middle-income lifestyle. Uh, and as the dollar has been debased, it almost becomes a necessity to have both uh, parents working for you to have the ability to, to have that. And that's the basis for a lot of the fears that people have around the printing of fiat currencies. It's not backed by anything. Uh, there's nothing to stop uh, central banks or central governments from just go continuing to print more and more and more. Uh, there's discussion of a second stimulus package. Um, I saw a really great uh, tweet today that actually um, kind of put the nail on the head in that, you know, there are two groups of people out there, investors and non-investors, uh, who are uh, pushing, you know, for the stimulus because they have two uh, end goals uh, to kind of describe the quote unquote financially financially illiterate. Uh, you know, wanting that stimulus money so they they can just pay their bills to make it the next, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six months uh, until things get better. Investors want that stimulus money because they know that money will create more wealth for them. It will the uh, inflation of assets will continue. Uh, so if you bought assets uh, in March or if you bought assets five years ago, if you still have uh, assets like stocks, bonds, uh, real estate uh, from years ago. Uh, pumping the economy with more money only increases the value of your assets. Uh, and that's um, a great way to kind of sum up this, uh, this uh, today's episode, uh, because ultimately, uh, as I've discussed on prior shows, like the, the, the way things are, are going with the printing of money, uh, it's really important that you're intentionally and in trying to build uh, assets uh, in your portfolio as fast as you can, because the uh, 
the pumping of prices and in, in the increasing of prices just by inflation alone uh, is here uh, because that first stimulus package already uh, already went out. Uh, there's discussion of a second. Uh, it will only inf continue to inflate uh, the prices of assets. And if you bought them early on, you bought them for cheaper, uh, then they'll be worth more. You'll get you'll get more cash on the on the return in that. So. Um, as always, uh, I am not a financial advisor. Uh, these are uh, my podcast is for educational purposes only. So always feel free to uh, talk to your financial advisor uh, before you make any decisions with investments. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Uh, but as always on the Good Samaritan podcast, uh, no matter where you are, your financial journey, always take the time to be a Good Samaritan. Peace.